This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. It's round two of Wimbledon. Well, only 10 matches we know at the moment because of the rain delays at SW19. But we're going to plough through the matches we do know, look at the best betting angles, give you some statistics, and try to steer you in the win- in the way of winners with my co-host, ATP Tour, senior handicapper for Because We Win, Sean Calvert. Sean, uh, good to see you, my friend. It's been a pretty a frustrating uh, opening day at Wimbledon, and especially now we're, we're filming this on uh, on Tuesday, day two, and uh, I don't think there's going to be much action at all if we get anything on the outside course today with the rain all around London and the southeast. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark here as well. I'm not too far from London like yourself, you know, within the sort of 20, 30 miles or whatever. And it looks uh it looks pretty grim at the minute. It's not heavy rain, it's just that kind of annoying sort of drizzle um that just lasts for hours and hours. So I'm not sure we're gonna get a, a great deal of play today other than on the the courts that are covered. But um yeah, that's that's Britain for you, isn't it? It was just for anyone that's not British, and I'm sure there's loads uh, that listen to this show. We had the hottest June on record, didn't we? Yep. Um, and now, as soon as it's Wimbledon fortnight and Queen's Club and all the rest of it, it's uh, it's raining. So yeah, we've not had, not had any statistics really come through yet, and um, yeah, it's been a bit of a frustrating uh, day or so. There so was far. a couple of things that people might observe at Wimbledon, and I want to bring it up because it's, it it bug, it's bugged me for years, right? Now, all these people who pay, they're very lucky to go to Wimbledon. They're very, very lucky to go. And they get there and they sit on the outside courts. As soon as like one spot of rain, literally one spot, comes, oh, umbrella up. Oh, oh, all the old girls put the umbrella up. Oh, umbrella, it's raining, it's raining. And the, it's like everybody's really eager to bring on the, 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 the cover of the courts. I mean, Come on. I mean, I understand it. you've got the, the, the safety of the players who are slipping all over the place and that, but they are, seem to be really eager to stop the tennis very, very quickly, especially yesterday. And then I never took... noticed that, actually, to be honest, but it doesn't surprise me, but I've never, it's not something I've ever really observed over the years. It annoys me because I've been sat next to some of these people. You're sitting there, you don't, you know, you're trying to, if it starts raining, you think, oh, I don't really want to let them know there's a bit of spot of rain because I paid 150 quid to sit in this seat. Oh, I don't really want to let the, the umpire know she might let it get away with a few. Oh, it's raining, Maureen. Can we get the get the umbrella up? Why? I just don't get why they do it. And and I watch everyone. They're so eager. And the other thing I don't understand is if it's going to be raining all day long, right? If it's raining all day, why do they have to keep to the eleven o'clock start? Why can't oh, they, they say this but... at all tournaments? They they, they never take they yeah, never take. This the is a general into... thing about tennis. It should just they start never go. They always it's... do this thing where the start is the twelve o'clock, or one o'clock, or two o'clock, or whatever it is. They don't take into account the fact that the morning might be fine and the afternoon might be really bad and they don't and, and sort of move play accordingly they, they never do that very very rarely unless it's an emergency situation when they're so far behind yeah i don't know whether it's to do with just the regulations that i suppose if you, if you sold a ticket and it says 11 a you know 11 a.m start i don't suppose legally you can start at nine i don't know there must be a reason for it because it common sense as you said would dictate that 
somebody looks at the weather forecast says says to themselves well the morning's gonna be fine the afternoon's not well, let's start in the morning but there, there must be a reason why they why they're not able to do that it's probably to do with ticket sales or tv uh schedules or something like that i would i would imagine it's it's not what rain starts at 11 15 oh we start 11 you know get, get a knock up two games or off Maureen, it's raining. Oh, it's just it, you're not happy about this. I, I can. It I just can, it just frustrates sense. me. It just frustrates me because you know you know it really does frustrate me because I think we're we're really and I understand all the safety and I keep saying it, but I think you watch them you watch them kids, and then they sort of get applauded by the people. The people are applauding them to pull up to stop them watch the sport they paid. Can you imagine? You've watched a lot more of the Wimbledon crowd over the years than you I have. Watch, can you I've imagine going to any other sport and someone's coming on and not letting you watch the sport and you're all clapping? Whoa, well done! They did a really good job running. It does sound terribly British, doesn't it? It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, enough of my rant about. Hopefully, we can get through some of the uh, the matches today. We have more matches for the second round on Wednesday. These are the second round matches. I have to say, we've got ten matches. I shouldn't probably talk about that. We haven't got much time to run through all these matches. Not many ways of bets, not many angles, but we should quickly run through uh, all the matches that we do know currently. Head to the Bet Rivers website. These are starting tomorrow. The early start will be 6 a.m. Eastern time, weather permitting. So wait for the order of play later on. The first match we're going to talk Should about... Can we quickly is... talk about the conditions first? Yes, very, very sorry, quickly. sorry, sorry, sorry. You're no, going, it's important. Just, just very quickly, because we haven't had any, any real data through yet, but a couple of the players have been saying that the grass is longer this year. Um, Massetti said that. Martyrer said that, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um... Massetti said, in general, the ball bounces very little this year. It seems to me that the grass is higher because many balls tend to stop. And Martra went slightly further. He said he thought Roehampton, which is where they do the qualifying for Wimbledon, he said he thought that Roehampton was quicker. Um, he said it's a bit slower here um, at the All England Club. And again, he said probably because the grass is still quite high, which slows the ball down a little. And now that's, that seems to me unlikely to be a coincidence that two players have both said that the grass is slightly longer. Again, this could be an attempt yet another attempt by the tournament to, to slow things down a little bit. So just something to bear in mind. We haven't had the stats through yet from, from the limited matches that have been played, but that's um, that's the feeling that a few a few players have said. And Novak Djokovic said in his uh, press conference yesterday, it was like an ice rink. That's what he said. Uh, and the conditions are slipping and sliding all over the place. So, well, he And he'd had a chance to practice on centre court. Him and I think it was Sinner uh, were allowed to, to practice on centre court before the tournament started. So it's not like he can come in, come in and say, oh, well, this is this is all new to me. He'd already played on that court before his round one match. So, yeah. Um, anything, anything, I suppose, remotely damp, it, it will it will be a problem on grass. It will make it slippery, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the matches then. The first match we're going to talk about is that aforementioned Martyrs up against Michael Moe. Uh, Michael Moe yesterday put out uh, Felix Auger and his seam in a, in a big, big match for him. They both of these come through qualifying, but Mo come through as a lucky loser. He lost to Lockley, didn't he? The guy who yeah. uh, who got beat by uh, yesterday by Casper uh, Rude. Um, Martier is minus one eighteen. Mo is minus one oh six. They met once before, and Martier was won it uh, on clay. It was a while back though, but uh, I quite like Martier here. Okay, expand. <laughs> well, I just, I just, I just think it's all. It goes back to my theory. I think Martier's obviously come through qualifying, won all three matches rather than lost the match, like Mo has. Yeah. So Mo's very fortunate to come into it. Mo's played Felix Auger this in a lot. Of, it was it was a four set match, but a lot of matches in the game. Was it three, three, two or three tie breaks? A long, long match for him. It was, yeah, it was a few tie breaks. Yeah. Uh, Felix Auger this in, though he's not injured, is a big win. So it's considered a shock result. And obviously mm-hmm. Mo comes in. He said hasn't had anything of a good season this year, Mo. Well, and, he's had uh, injuries. He's, he's certainly one element that you might call say as a negative for for him is the fact that he hasn't played much in the last couple of months, Mo. And now he's played that long match. That that might be an element of fatigue there, sure. 
Yeah, and then my final point is obviously the auto fade when you big when you beat a big seed at Wimbledon, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I know however Felix Auger seem may not be considered to be in the greatest of form, and it might not be a great a, a, a considered a, a big shock. It's still a big name, media attention on him as well, and I think Maximin uh, Martier has the better, bigger server, better grass court game, and uh, that's why I'm going to go for him. And I think minus one eighteen mm-hmm. will go. Okay, I mean, I can see why Martyr is, is sort of favoured here. I mean, he's 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 awkward on grass. That left-handed serve, um, he held serve ninety-six percent of the time in his round one match. Doesn't break enough. I think I, th- I would be if I was. I think this is the toughest match of all of them, to be honest. My my feeling about this, I, I just suspect it's going to be overs with the fact that Mo held serve ninety-two percent of the time against Felix. As I said, Martyr held serve ninety-six percent of the time in his first round match. It's going to be tough to break with that lefty serve. Um, if if Mo's fatigued here, then I would I would like Martyry. Yeah, um, I think it's a difficult one. I'd, I'd be tempted to go for a set one tiebreak here at plus two ninety five. I bet Rivers if I was playing in this particular one, which I say as I say, I think this is the most difficult one of all. Yeah, it's very tight in the betting. The handicap is one and a half uh, with Marte giving up the start, and the total is thirty nine and a half, quite high. Uh, so that's a difficult one, but I'm going to lean towards uh, Martia here. I think yeah. at uh, minus 118, I expect him to be bet because that automatic auto fade for a guy who uh, w- wins against a, a big seed uh, could be here. And that, where I think the public will go. And Massetti, Lorenzo Massetti, you mentioned him earlier again. He's minus 715 against Jamie Jean Mounet. Uh, $5 uh, you can get for him, the Spaniard. Six and a half is the spread, minus 103 for Massetti, handicap 35 and a half. And Massetti would come through pretty comfortably yesterday in the, against the opponent who doesn't really offer much on the grass at all. Yeah, in Virelas, yeah. Um, hasn't really got the game for grass. Virelas, certainly not at this stage of his career. But what a great great win for, for Munar, be it John Isner. I mean, it, this really does look like a John Isner who's playing out the end of his career. Well, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he stopped at the end of this year. I don't know whether he's talked about it or not. He probably has privately. I don't know whether publicly he's, he's said anything, but Losing to Moonar on grass, it's it's not it's not a great look, is it, for a guy that serves as as big as him, you know, all time ace leader and all the rest of it. Um, Moonar's grass record is is a, is poor, as you would expect for a guy whose game is basically built around defence. You know, he he just makes a ton of balls and waits for you to miss, um, which is fine on the slower sort of clay surfaces, but on grass, it's not it's not really helped him much. But his record is two eight win loss, and his service points one return points one total is ninety six. On the basis of that, you would expect um, Massetti to come through, but I don't think it's just, this is a, a gimme for Massetti. I mean, Munar does lead 3-0 in the head-to-heads. I know they're all on clay, and some of them were a few years ago, but, you know, Munar's not going to be not gonna be worried by Massetti. Um, looking at Massetti, what he's done on grass this season, because he was, I think he was 0-4 and four coming into this grass swing, if I remember rightly. Um, but this this season, he's, he's kind of got it. So he's 5-2 win-loss. This season on grass and his service points one return points one total is 105. So quite impressive. A, a small sample size of only seven matches, but still a decent, promising, a much much improved grass season based on uh, you know compared to last last time. I'm slightly tempted with Massetti winning this three one here at three point two five. It's plus two two five chance with Bet Rivers. I think Munar will cause him some problems. Massetti's got to play well the whole way through, and you know Munar does make you play an awful lot of balls. I, I can't see Moonar winning more than a set, though. 
there he is, 3 1. Uh, Musetti's uh, having a really good run on the grass court, which you uh, wouldn't expect really coming into the year, but he's doing well. And he's a heavy favourite here at minus 715. With Bet Rivers, head to the Bet Rivers website. There'll be about 36 different markets available on these matches when we know the order of play. So a huge amount of tennis day tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be a backlog of matches as well, though. So we're not quite sure whether they're going to be scheduled late or they will be on tomorrow, but uh, we have to work a backlog out. But uh, We'll see what happens overnight. The fight next match, uh, Andre Rublev up against Aslan Karatsev. A very interesting match for me. Andre Rublev is a heavy favorite, minus five dollars. Uh, he's in great form on grass. He, uh, he he's doing well in. He got to the final of Halle and he did well in an exhibition event uh, before. Moon looked really good in his first round match as well. But he's playing Karatsev, who should be suited by the conditions, the faster conditions. I know it's not as fast by normal grass court conditions, but it should suit Karatsev. Plus three seventy five for Karatsev. The handicap here is five and a half. A very strong favourite for Rublev, though, minus 132. And the total is 36 and a half. The last time they met in 2021, Karatsev won quite easily in Dubai on a fast surface. Um, do you expect the Russian to have it all his way here? Or do you think Karatsev could uh, put up a bit of a fight? I think it depends what Karatsev shows up. And mm. I'm happy to take a chance on it being the good Karatsev that shows up. I'm, I'm still not sold on Rublev on grass. Um, I know he's done well. He's made two Halle finals, but he didn't win either of them. Lost to Humbert and and Bublik. He's only won forty six percent of his second serve points on grass this summer, and that's despite having a, as you said, a, a decent summer. I just think that second serve is very attackable in these quick conditions. We know Rublev. You know, he said many times that he prefers the slower conditions. He's he's done pretty well on grass, considering it doesn't it doesn't really suit him. But if we look at what he's done at Wimbledon. He's played nine main draw matches at Wimbledon. And he's only won in straight sets twice. One of those was a match you just mentioned against Max Purcell, who's still injured, by the way. I think he's still got a fractured foot. So, you know, it's 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 not a great condition to be in um, at a major. But he still should have won a set, Purcell. I think he led 5-2 in the second set of that match. Surf for it. I think he got to 30-15 and then um, failed to sit out. So he should, Purcell, an injured Purcell, should have taken the set. Um, from Rublev, as I say, he's got a history of of not winning matches in straight sets at this particular tournament. Going back to that match that they played in Dubai, I mean, Karatsev was was brilliant that day. Um, I mean, he blew Rublev away really, created so many breakpoint chances. He created sixteen breakpoint chances, in fact, in three sets. Karatsev that day against um, against Rublev, and he you know he feasted on that Rublev second serve. It's not it's not an ideal surface for Karatsev either. He finds it a bit slippy, does fall over a few times. But he's held eight, he's held serve eighty six percent of the time this summer, Karatsev, which is one percent more than than Rublev. I feel this is going to be a unless Karatsev has one of them horrible days when he misses absolutely everything, which is which is possible with him. Um, I feel like this is going to be pretty close. I think he'll give Rublev a decent test here. I've gone with over thirty six and a half games at uh, one point eight eight. That's minus one one four with Bet Rivers. Yeah, so minus one one four, the total thirty six and a half. Head to the Bet Rivers website. That is an official pick from Sean for the action scheduled for Wednesday. It's the start of the second round. Obviously, these games may be put a little bit further back because of the weather conditions in in Wimbledon. But uh, scheduled for tomorrow, Aslan Kratsev and Andre Rublev over thirty six and a half games, which does keep seem very low when you consider some of the other matches we've spoken about thirty nine and a half. I mean, Massetti Wayne. 35 and a half, only one higher than that. I mean, it does seem very... Uh... It seems decent to me. I, can't, yeah. I, I like that. I, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be disappointed if, if Rublev won this in straight sets. I, I can't see him winning in straight sets if Karatsev is playing to sort of 
70 80 percent of, of of what he can do and that dubai match he played probably about 90 95 percent of what he can do but you know a, a reasonable character should take at least a set against rublev on grass i would have thought now the tennis action we did see yesterday uh we saw a very good performance from yannick sinner um i know he didn't have much to play in his opponent serendulu um but yeah, he really didn't he didn't but he did play well i must admit and, and he and he we probably you know his injury concerns he had before the tournament i think the the bookmakers would have cut him slightly for to win Wimbledon. we all know his problems going into the the back end of the week where he comes into the long fifth set matches can his body can can, can take it and in these kind of big matches where he's big heavy favorite he does get the job done and he does usually cover the spread. He's up against an opponent, Diego Schwartzman, who he's had no problem with dealing before. The uh, Janik Sinner here is minus 14.30. Diego Schwartzman is plus 8.50. The handicap here is seven and a half, which you may appear to be quite high. But when you look at the head-to-head between the two of them, you can see why it is seven and a half. And the total is 31 and a half. They met three times before and uh, Sinner has won easily in all three of those matches. And I don't think, I, I think, he, I think he covers that spread seven and a half quite easily, actually. Quite possible. Yeah. I mean, Schwartzman, he's, he's offered and overpowered on grass. He's had, he's had quite a strange grass court season so far, Schwartzman for him. You know, he's beaten Mackenzie McDonald and Mayamir Kekmanovic in straight sets on grass. And the other match, I think he lost 6-2, 6-2 to, to Alex Diminor, which you would say, you know, he's probably more like par for the course. Um, well, if you consider that the Diminor covered what an eight-game spread there in two sets, you would think that that Sinner would be able to do something similar. I mean, as you say, tuned up perfectly against uh, an opponent that's very, very much clay-oriented in in Serendolo, and now he's playing another Argentinian who also prefers the, the slower surfaces. Um, Schwartzman only won thirty-two percent of his second serve points, despite winning in straight sets against Kekmanovic yesterday. Which is you won't see many many players winning straight sets and only win thirty two percent of their second serve points. It shows you how much of a return oriented game it was. You know, the, lots of breaks of serve which you don't normally expect on grass. But but looking at the grass stats, Sinners are are okay. Eight seven win loss in his career at main level and a, a service points one return points one total of one hundred and four. It's all right. It's pretty decent. You know, it's not it's not something to get excited about, but it's it's good. You know, um, Schwartzman not not bad stats either. Actually, he's he's won. 10, lost 15, uh, and his total is 101. So not awful. Uh, hit a lot of winners, Schwartzman, against Kekmanovic. I'm not sure Kekmanovic was, we've mentioned it before, he's not not really a grass man, Kekmanovic. Um, but still a great win for Diego Schwartzman. Um, one stat I have got, Sinner holds 10% more often on grass, grass than Schwartzman. And, and the Schwartzman problem is his serve. It's just too, it's too attackable. His stats are very, very good on return on this surface, but he just doesn't hold often enough. It's... He's not really got the weapons. You would expect Sinner to win this pretty comfortably, yeah. Yeah, I like him minus seven and a half. I think he's a bit of a flat track bully, Yannick Sinner. I think he beats the players a bit like Akaraz. Like Rublev. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think. And when he runs into the, the, the tougher men and he goes into the distance, that's when his body doesn't live up and that's when he's opposable. I think the hype gets behind him. You think, well, this guy's going to be a world beater. And then his body lets him down or he's, and he doesn't produce the goods. But in these kind of matchups, I think it's a perfect matchup for him, as we've seen. I mean, just look at the just sorry, very quickly, you know, we've got but if you look at the head to head between the, the the two of them, the the he's I think he's won six six this so he's won six two, six four, six yeah, last three one, six two, six two. Games. So, yeah, so he's 
So if he's got that and in the best of three sets, we can do over best of five sets. So uh, I like Sinner minus seven and a half to cover the handicap. That'll be a lean for me. Uh, the next match, I think it's a little tricky little match. This one, um, I, I quite like the, the dog with the start. It's the number two seed and the uh, tournament favourite bidding to win his eighth Wimbledon title, Novak Djokovic. He's minus 5,000 against Jordan Thompson. Now, Jordan Thompson is is no mug on a grass court. He's 10-4 and four this year. He got to the final of Hurtigan Bosch, where he beat by Talon Grixbor. The handicap here is eight and a half. Jordan Thompson received eight and a half. And we know that Djokovic doesn't blow people away like an Alcaraz or a Sino in these kind of early matches. Uh, and the total here is the low one. It's 28 and a half. Um, I'm interested in both of them. I'm interested in the over and, and the eight and a half start for Jordan Thompson. Tell me I'm uh, I'm doing the wrong thing. I think the only reason it's putting me off is because of the long match he had against Nakashima in the first round for Thompson. Okay, well, I've got a few stats here um, that will be of interest. Uh, let's have a look at what Djokovic does in his second round matches at Wimbledon. He's won 16 of the 17 that he's played. Um, at Wimbledon in round. Did you know the only one he lost was? Oh, yeah. I, I'm probably going to kick myself. I'm trying to think. Um, in my heart, I know. It would be a long, long time ago. Oh, it, it was. The, I tell you, it was. I know it was. It was the year um, when he had all kinds of problems with his personal life, and I can't remember the play we play we beat. But I got. It was a long time ago. It was a long, long time ago. Oh, who it was, was it? Two, it was 2008. Yeah. He lost. He was number seventy-five in the world then. Novak Djokovic. Oh, and he lost. No, that was, that he lost thing. to Marat Safin. All oh, right. Um, that's the only time he's ever lost in round two at Wimbledon. Um, since then, he's won thirteen of his fourteen round two matches in straight sets. The only the only time he dropped a set was against Radek Stepanek in two thousand and fourteen. Maybe that's what you were thinking about. Um, the match you were thinking about there. He hasn't been taken past ten games in any set in round two since two thousand and sixteen. Uh, he's covered eight and minus eight and a half handicap in six of his last seven round two matches. Last year, he beat Thanasi Kokinakis by 11 games, but Kokinakis isn't... Surprisingly, Kokinakis has never really got grass. He's not, not much of a grass court player, Koki. So there you go. <laughs> that's, off that. Off that that's, what, that's, that's what puts me off, but I can see where you're coming from because if you look at the stats on grass at main level, we know Jordan Thompson's a, a handy grass court performer. Prior to his match against Nakashima, he was 7-3 win-loss this season and his service points one return points one total is 106 and his whole break total is 104 so very very respectable stats indeed um let's take, let's look at Djokovic in his last 10 matches on grass main level service points one return points one total of 113 and a whole break total of 118 absolutely stellar statistics I, i'm like i'm kind of initially when i looked at this i thought yeah thompson he might he might do something he's beaten andy murray at queens uh he beat Sitsipas. He's 2-4 win-loss in his career against top five opposition. If, if this match wasn't at Wimbledon, if it was, if this was, I know Djokovic doesn't really play warm-ups, but if this was at Queen's or Haller, I'd, I'd be tempted with Thompson. I just I, I just feel like the occasion might get to him. I, I don't think he's the strongest mentally. A good example, a recent example of that was in the tournament I was at the other week um, in Mallorca when he played Feliciano Lopez. And he was, I think he was 1-6, Thompson, and he lost. I think it was just the occasion, the fact that it was Lopez's last match and the same thing happened to Purcell as well. I just feel like if you, I assume this is going to be on centre court or number one court, I could just see Thompson just not really handling it mentally because if he does handle it mentally, then you would be tempted by uh, over the 29 and a half games or or on the handicap. Um, over 29 and a half is a minus 118 chance, 1 1.85 of Bet Rivers. That would be my play here if I could trust Thompson to handle the occasion. I'm not 100% sure that he will. 
An interesting one watching brief, but uh, interesting stats there from Sean. Took me right out there, my initial pick. My first of all, I thought Jordan Thompson plus eight and a half was was a decent wager. But when I think you it is on the stats. I think it is on, on the stats. I just feel like if he handles it, I think he can do it. But is he going to handle that, that centre court crowd and the occasion? Well, no bet for me now after listening to that, Sean. No bet for me. Um, one match that you said that might that probably be on centre court. Uh, one match that isn't going to be on centre court is uh, Thomas Barrios Verer up against David David Goffin. Um, not much between these two in their heads head records. Sorry, sorry, in their world rankings, one twenty three and one thirty three. But when I mean, you look at the betting, there's a big gulf. David Goffin is minus two fifty. Barrios uh, Verer is plus two hundred, and the total is uh, thirty seven and a half. Spread is five and a half. Um, the, the Chilean has done all right on grass this year. He's four and zero. He yes. come through qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, turned a, what a, a career record of which hasn't been great on grass on his head in the last few weeks. And looking at those odds, I think it's probably a little bit closer than that. When you think, I would think so. Yeah, I'm I'm slightly tempted here by over thirty seven and a half total games at one point nine, which is minus one 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 chance for Bet Rivers in this one. He's he's got an aggressive flat hitting game. Barrios Ferrer, and that that does tend to suggest that it would translate well to grass. He's, he's generally plays on the clay. Won the Poznan, sorry, made the final of the Poznan Challenger on clay um, just a couple of days actually before he came to to Roehampton to do the Wimbledon qualifying. He beat some good players there. He beat Evgeny Donskoy. He beat Rinky Hidjakarta, who's won a lot on grass this summer. But you say both Wild, who beat obviously Medvedev at um, the French Open, then he beat Baez in round one. I know Baez isn't really a, a grass man but he can play on grass he's beat jordan thompson on grass by so he's not he's not completely all at sea on grass so that that style of play it, it, it's it could get him far against goffin you just never know what goffin's going to turn up do you? he's he's i find him one of the most toughest guys to bet mm-hmm. on the atp tour just because his headspace can be he's, can be anything Jill simon was the other one i can never read Jill simon he was another well, one. He was always saying that he was injured, then he wasn't. Yeah. And then, oh, he was a nightmare as well. But Goffin, just just mentally, he's just all over the place. He played really, really well in the first round against Marijan, who a lot of people will remember beat Alcaraz in Rome at a massive price. Um, as usual, it's physicality as well with Goffin. He's been injured a lot lately, but he did say he feels 100% physically and that he needs matches and victories, is what he said. Um, after that win over Marijan. He, you know, he he made he almost made the semi-finals here last year, Goffin, didn't he? He ran out of steam against mm. Norrie in the in, in the quarters a year ago. His grass stats are good, Goffin. You can see why he's a favourite based on the stats. Um serious points one return points one total of 104. Very, very decent. But I think he'll be I think he'll be tested by Barrios Ferry here. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in the over 37 and a half, yeah. Over 37 and a half. Uh, I'm quite interested in Barrios Ferrer on the handicap as well. Uh, but I think it's a lot closer than the minus two fifty and the plus two dollars, which uh, Bet Rivers are chalking up for this match. Next match is an interesting one again for me. I think this is. I think there's a few prices here on the underdogs I quite like. Casper Ruud. Now, obviously, yesterday we opposed Casper Ruud against Lockley. If the if the Frenchman got off to winning first yeah, set he... start, fast start, we would have had a chance of winning that because he, he had a shocking start. Didn't he had a sh- it was that whole game was over. The handicap was over. Everything was over. In the and first that's set. what worries me about Thompson. That similar. That nervous start, that kind of, you know, just in your shell and not coming out of your shell properly until the, until the first set done and gone. By that time, your bet's gone, hasn't it? Yeah. But he went toe to toe with uh, Rude, and they, and it, it, they were hitting. If the unforced errors he had yesterday were just insane, luckily. 
And uh, I thought Kasparov's game plan was crazy, just hitting the ball with pace, power, and everything. It was nothing like you see from Kasparov. He was trying to entertain, go for a winner on every shot. And that gave me the impression that he really wasn't that interested in the tournament. He, he was asked in his press conference after whether he, um, you know, he, he regrets not or on the speedboat and his Instagram account, all the sort of things we mentioned. And he said, no, I just wanted the time off because this, this isn't my time of year. After I play in every clay tournament, this is my time off. And that's why I think minus $5 against Liam Brody. I mean, Liam Brody's a capable grass court player, the Brit, plus 370. I wouldn't be rushing about Casper Rudd at minus $5. And I think six and a half start for Brody here and minus 132 is is a fair bet as well. The total is 35 and a half. Again, I'm looking for overs. But I think Casper Rudd here is, uh, is an, again, another vulnerable favourite. I, I think he's going to get beat by, by someone at a big price. Quite likely. I'm not sure it would be Brody, but um, I, I'm like you. I do I do want to take Casper Rudd on. Obviously, I did take him on in the first round. Uh, we got that slow start from Lacoli, which wasn't ideal. Um, I just think Brody, la- he just lacks the firepower, really, to beat the top players. I think you would need a, a really poor performance from Casper from Rudd. He, he is probably the more motivated Brody, you would think, than Rudd, who, as you say, he likes to take that time off after the clay swing. Um, I don't think Rue's just going to go down. I just he's not going to just give this up. I don't think. But Brody just his stats just are very uninspiring on grass. I've never really been a big fan. Um, he lost to Mikel Ema in straight sets last week. He got a a very favourable draw in round one. He beat uh, Constant Lestienne, who's always injured. Um, his grass record isn't great. Seven thirteen win loss at main level. Service points one return points one total of ninety five. He just he, he wins his matches on consistency. Really, I'm not sure that's really going to be enough against a top top five, top ten player on grass. I had a look at Rude's record against left-handers. He's won 17 of his last 22 main level matches versus left-handers. But if we take Clay out of the equation, he's seven eleven win loss against left-handers, and he lost to Peniston and Humbert last year on the grass, who were both lefties. So, but they've got a well. Humbert's got more power. Peniston, you could argue, a similar-ish sort of player to. To Brody in terms of the, the sort of lack of power and the more consistency. I think that was his first match, though, wasn't it, Rude? Now that he's had a, a match under his belt, I'm, I'd, I'd be going with. If I was betting on this match, I'd probably be looking at Rude to win it three-one plus two thirty-five chance that is with better rumors. I'm not sure. I think Brody will probably test him for a bit, but I'm not sure I can see him winning three sets out of five. And that brings in the six and a half angle as well. So. Could be tested, but the class of the number four seed is expected to prevail in this match. But uh, he could get beat uh, in the next couple of rounds as well. Next match, Alexander Bublik up against Jeff Wolf. Bublik minus two dollars. Jeff Wolf is plus one fifty-five. Bublik in some fantastic grass court form, seven and one this year. He's won a tournament um, already in Halle. Uh, looked really good in his first round against McDonald. And Jeff Wolf though holds a three-nil head-to-head record against Bublik. Um, where do you see this one going? I remember one of those three nil head to heads. It was when I had Bublik outright to win Florence and Wolf beat him pretty easily. I think it was in the semifinals or quarterfinals or semifinals. Yeah, as you say, Bublik superb form on grass this summer. Uh, service points one with 10 points, one total of 108, whole break total of 113. Excellent stats. Um, but as you say, Wolf's won all three meetings and he's won them pretty convincingly. I know they're on hard courts and that's the savior here, probably for Bublik, the fact that Wolf is a bit inexperienced on the grass. On those three matches, the service points one return points one turtles at Wolf's on 111 to Bublik's 89. Bublik's only held serve 64% of the time against Wolf. And they've not met in slow conditions. You know, they played in Miami this year, which was quick, as you remember, you were there. Um, 
Florence indoors, which wasn't the quickest, but it wasn't it wasn't dead slow. And Cincinnati, which is pretty lively. So three reasonably paced conditions and Bublik's only held serve 64% of the time. Against that, you could say Bublik, you know, is the motivation there in some of these tournaments that I've just mentioned? Probably not, or certainly not as high as you would expect it to be in the grass swing. This is his time of year. Wolf, very inexperienced on grass, but is starting to get it now. You know, this season, his service points, one return points, one total is 105 from only five matches, admittedly, but he seems to be starting to get it now. Um, I think there's a, I would expect Bublik to win this match, but I, I think it's going to be pretty close if Wolf uh, continues this improvement on grass. And he knows he's got the beating of Bublik, so it could be a, a tight one for Bublik. This I certainly wouldn't be back in the um, the odds on about Bublik on this one. I'm not surprised to see the total at thirty nine and a half and a Bublik and Wolf match could be a long one. Uh, next match, uh, Herbert Herkash. Herbert Herkash. She's minus sixteen sixty seven against Jan Twinsky, the Brit, who's nine dollars. Uh, her cash has been talked about by a lot of people as a potential someone who could do well here at a big price. He's 120 to 1, I think. And a lot of people on our YouTube channel uh, mentioned him on the comments that he could win it. And a lot of people have messaged me saying that they've uh, – oh, people I respect as well just feel that 120 about him is is um, is too big a price. Um, what do you think about his chances in this match and the tournament? It's a six and a half favourite. He's plus 103, minus six and a half. Choinsky is minus 125, plus six and a half. And the total is 33 and a half. Well, I think he's going to need a massive improvement on return of serve. He's going to win this tournament. Otherwise, he's relying on tie breaks, which, you know, is is a bit of a lottery. These two played a lot of doubles together as juniors, um, Choinsky and Herkash. I, I just, I, Choinsky just doesn't do enough on serve for me for a big guy. If we look at what he's done recently. He won 64% of his first serve points against Dusan Lajevic, who's, who's just recovering from chicken pox, by the way. Uh, he won 62% against Brody, 63% against Alahi Galan, 58% against Musetti. It's nowhere near enough for a guy that's as big and potentially as powerful as him. I can't see him troubling Herkash. I really can't. You you would expect Herkash. He played pretty well. He played very well, actually, in the first round against Ramos. I mean, Ramos was was poor, um, but decent from Herkash. I would expect him to win this pretty comfortably. Yeah, if I, I wasn't... Don't see any problem there. No, I, I think he'll win it probably 3-0, which is a minus-159 chance for Bet Rivers. I'm not sure I'd bet it at that price because it would it would terrify me, but I think that's probably what's likely to happen. Yeah, you couldn't play the 6.5, though, because the amount of tie breaks he plays, and, you know, so that, that the 3-0 will probably be the, the best play rather than take the minus 6.5 because he could win his match 7-6, 7-6, 6-4. Six, 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 <laughs> he could lose in the straight set. So the straight set's pay is definitely the one way to get with the big pole, the number 17 seed. Uh, the final match of the 10 that we do know for tomorrow, Oscar Otti, a man with some really good grass court form up against uh, Daniel Galan. Oscar Otti's done well on grass before, especially last year, which the third round of women got beat by Alcaraz, but, uh, played Medvedev in Haller, I think it was, got beat, beat in the semi-final. Galan... Um, Comes through a good win. Uh, he was underdog in his first round match against Nishiokai, but he won. He's 175. Otti's 230. The handicap is three and a half. And the total, again, pitched rather high at 39 and a half. Any particular view on that one? Yeah, I think this has got five sets written all over it. I was tempted to back Galan in the first round against Nishioka because Nishioka does have an awful record on grass. But what put me off was the fact that Nishioka tends to play a lot better at, at Grand Slam level than he does in other tournaments. I think he beat John Isner here. A few years ago, I think that's his only win on grass. He beat Isner, Nishioka. That that put me off because he always does. He always does show up better at majors, but he didn't this time. Uh, you know, Galan won it pretty easy. Going back to Oscar Otte, he's 
he was number 36 in the world this time a year ago. Then he had a bad injury, had to have a knee operation. He's dropped right down now to number 233. He's not been able to recapture that form that we saw him in uh, about a year ago. He had to qualify here as a consequence of that rankings drop. And he's, he, again, he had to go long. He had to play 44 games to beat Mark Polman's. Um, he should have been taken to four sets by another injury-ravaged German, which is Dominic Kopfer in round one. Kopfer managed to make a bit of a mess of that one. That should have gone to at least four. Um, the Lahiga lands okay on grass. Uh, he's actually got better stats, this grass swing at all levels, than Otte has, but they're from only a limited amount of, of data. He's only played four matches. Otte's only played six matches. But from that, the service points were with 10 points, one total. Galan is 103. Otte is 102. We know Otte's got the biggest serve, but Galan's got a better return game. And Otte's not been great from the back of the court. Away from that serve, he's been very scratchy. I expect this to be a very, very long encounter. Um, if I was betting in this one, the over 39 and a half, I know it's a high line, but either that or the over over four and a half sets, I could see this going the full distance. I could see it being very, very close. So we end with a marathon match. It's going to be a marathon couple of weeks here on the Bet Rivers Network. And here on Game Bet Match, uh, some great content coming your way. Thank you very much who downloaded the podcast, betting weekly Game Bet Match uh, for Wimbledon, and who watched our show on YouTube. Record views and downloads are really, really happy with those. And keep telling your friends and keep downloading us for the rest of the tournament. Remember, there are four ways you can follow us and you can download that podcast on your preferred podcast provider. Just search for Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. We're in the top five now in America on tennis podcasts and top five in the UK as well. That's really, really fantastic stuff. And we would like to get higher as we go into Wimbledon fortnight. You can follow us or you can subscribe to us, sorry, on our YouTube channel, which is home to YouTube and search the Bet Rivers Network. All the great content is on there. And you can also follow us on our uh, socials, on our Instagram page and our Twitter handle, which are both uh, have the same handle name, which is at Because We Win. So for Sean, uh, just one pick tomorrow and that is the over 36 and a half games Andrei Rublev Aslan Karatsev at minus 114 with Bet Rivers there is a whole host of uh, leans there some stats for you to break down but just the one official pick for us uh, remember the schedule may change because of the rain delays so check the Bet Rivers website to, tomorrow and if you do have a bet on the Bet Rivers website and you uh, you want to go out for the day and you want you, you can't keep up with all the rain delays you have a bet and you'll be able to watch the match uh, from the comfort of your home. You'll live stream it from your tablet or your mobile phone. And that's it for today. Tomorrow, I'm back with uh, Roy Giovanni. We're looking at the women's second round matches for Wednesday. Uh, no, for, for Thursday. Um, John, you're off a little trip. Take care, mate. And we'll speak to you Thank later you. on in the week. All the best. See you tomorrow.